the Todd Stansbury Podcast from RamblinWreck.com. This is the official podcast of Georgia Tech Athletic Director Todd Stansbury as he gives you an inside look at what's happening around Yellow Jacket Athletics. Now, alongside Tech Athletic Director Todd Stansbury, here's the voice of the Yellow Jackets, Andy Demetra. It is Toddcast time once again, everybody. I'm glad you found us. Glad you're listening in. I'm Andy Demetra. He's Athletic Director Todd Stansberry. Our semi-monthly check-in with the Athletic Director for the Yellow Jackets as we cover a lot of ground around the Georgia Tech Athletic Association. Todd, how are you? Doing great. It is a graduation season. Normally, it's over at McCamish this year for social distancing reasons. At Bobby Dodd, I'm curious, does this time of year evoke any specific memories from you from when you graduated Tech? Uh, not necessarily, um, because that was a long time ago, but, um, having, uh, Bobby Dodd getting set up for, um, uh, for graduation and that being just outside my, uh, my suite, it, it is a, it is a sweet setup, especially with the, uh, Atlanta, uh, Atlanta cityscape in the background and, um, uh, while I know that this was just, uh, we're, we're doing this because of COVID in Bobby Dodd. Um, I don't know if we shouldn't make it a permanent fixture because I think uh, graduating in Bobby Dodd is a great exclamation point for all the work that these young people have put in to get in their Georgia Tech degrees. Yeah, it's a good look, isn't it? Very good look and, and a unique look. Um, you know, there's not many stadiums in the country that have the, that are surrounded like we are with this incredible uh, cityscape. And so I think it just uh, kind of it's kind of like uh, football under the lights. <laughs> Kind of, and you have the turf that's able to withstand uh, all of those graduates there across the field. Well, and the cool thing about graduation, obviously, starting in the morning, is you're going to actually have the kind of a sunrise over the city in the background. It's going to be really, really, uh, uh, I, I think, just a really cool environment um, for for these uh, graduates. And memorable for a lot of reasons. It is cap and gown season. It is also postseason. For a lot of your spring sports, and, and how about this? We were talking before we started recording, 11 of your 17 teams this year are either ranked or have finished their seasons in the top 50 nationally. For all the challenges, all the changes, and everything that your programs, players, coaches have had to persevere through this season, that has to be a remarkable achievement even for an athletic director. Well, I mean, it's just... You know, I think you're surrounded by success um, and it just starts to permeate the entire culture and the environment. And really, since we uh, started finishing up our, our winter sports, it's almost been a, a weekly uh, on a weekly basis. We've got teams um, uh, getting chosen to go to postseason or are in postseason. And of course, um, this week, like uh, it seems like every week over the past you know month and a half or so, uh, both tennises and and golf yeah. uh, got had their selection shows and got their numbers pulled uh, for for postseason. So incredibly exciting for the entire department. You have 18 All Americans as we sit here recording, and that number is sure to grow as the spring awards come in. You had mentioned men's golf, and all Bruce Sampler does this time of year is send his team to the postseason, a 23rd straight NCAA tournament berth for them, for women's tennis, a 21st NCAA tournament berth, and women's cross country, its best national finish ever. Same for women's swimming. 
volleyball. And this is the first time that we've recorded a podcast since Coach Collier and her team went to Omaha, won their first NCAA tournament match since uh, their first NCAA tournament match since 2004. First time ranked in the final poll since 2004. You have women's basketball. First time it finished the season ranked in the final poll since 2012. Swimming and diving had its second best national finish ever. It's something that you talk about a lot, but in the abstract that, you know, success breeds success and that whole rising tide theory in, in this 2021 season seems to be proof positive of that. Well, I think that and um, we had our Yellow Jacket celebration, uh, I guess, a week ago or uh, a week and a half ago. And um, and that's where we recognize uh, the achievements of our student athletes. It's actually a student athlete run event. Um, but just having all the teams for the first time together at an event, we did it in McCamish where we socially distanced the teams and all that sort of thing. But the accolades, team after team after team, uh, the All-Americans, of course, uh, Presley Harmon and, and um, the Ray Guy Award being recognized, um, Moses Wright, ACC Player of the Year, uh, Nell Fortner, Coach of the Year. I mean, on and on and on, all the All-Americans. And we're not even finished yet because we still have all the spring sports really to complete their season. So, yeah, looking around, just looking around that um, that uh, Coliseum uh, and all the success that we're having was was a great moment for the entire department because it has not been easy. You know, President Cabrera at Yellow Jacket Celebration said that given all the challenges this year, you could make the case that across the board, this has been one of the single most impressive years in Georgia Tech athletics that you're liable to find. Yeah, I mean, and uh, and uh, it really, you know, uh, obviously this week we're really celebrating the, the three teams that are going to postseason, um, the men's and women's tennis and and golf, and, and you talk about golf, 23 straight NCAA tournaments, women's tennis, 21 straight NCAA tournaments. In my mind, those are the programs that we all want to emulate. And ultimately, as we become uh, more and more relevant on a national scale, what we're doing right now is what we need to be doing every single year. Let's also shout out men's tennis. They earned their 17th all-time NCAA tournament berth first since 2017. They'll be performing at the NCAA regionals in Knoxville at the University of Tennessee. But they did this with a really young roster for them to get an NCAA tournament bid. I don't want that to go overlooked. That's a really impressive achievement for Coach Thorne. They have freshmen playing one and two and who will also be representing uh, Georgia Tech as singles um, uh, at, at the national championships. And so not, that's the first time we've had two individuals since 2012. Both of them are freshmen, so which means that's the first time we've ever had two freshmen qualify in the same year. So not only are they back for the 17th time in, you know, 20 years or whatever, they're doing it on freshmen with freshmen, which means the future is very, very bright for them. Yeah, first time Georgia Tech has ever had two freshmen qualify in the same year with Marcus McDaniel 
and Andres Martin. Very, very impressive. And they also qualified in doubles as well. Uh, it is part of the spring mosaic as well, and that is the spring game, which we had under the lights at Bobby Dodd on April 23rd. Great turnout, about 5,000 season ticket members and students. I know you were there. What were your takeaways from the spring game? It was fun. I mean, just a great environment. Um, I got to, you know, mention the students once again. Um, they showed up. You, I, I mean, the student section looked like a fall game. And I know in, in talking to um, uh, a number of the players after the, after the spring game, they felt like it was a regular season game. Good for them. Because of the environment that was created. Obviously, we were at limited capacity. But the students set the tone. And when they show up in mass, like they have all year for every one of our events, it makes a difference. Our players feel it. Um, and then in addition to that, it was just a fun night. Um, I think uh, the energy level and, of course, you know, Coach Collins brings uh, uh, a certain volume to everything that he does. And, and But um, I thought it was uh, a great night. Again, Friday night under the lights, uh, Midtown Atlanta. Um, and, um, and I know our players really, really enjoyed it. And uh, I, I think the fans that were there, obviously the feedback I got was it was great. And, um, and I think a lot of people, there's just a lot of pent-up, uh, you know, um, uh, anticipation of getting back to um, events, uh, sporting events. And so I think uh, the spring game was a great precursor to what I think we're going to see in the fall. How, I was going to ask you, how much did that spring game give you a window, a glimpse into what you hope the atmosphere will be like uh, come the fall, come September 4th? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, one, I think there is a lot of pent-up demand. Um, I think there's a lot of excitement about this team. I think that's the other thing is uh, – Seeing um, you know some of these young guys that uh, were are tr are still freshmen and rising sophomores and seeing the development that they've had through the spring I think was was fun for all of us to 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 see uh, you know Sims and Gibbs and others as well as just the size you know uh, Jeff has done a, a great job of of filling in spots um, with a number of transfers that have experience and. And so the size of the team, I think, is significantly um, uh, noticeable. Um, but uh, again, I think um, one of the things that we found this year uh, was because of our limited capacity, it really allowed us to uh, um, focus on our engagement with our students and um, really wanting to provide them with uh, – uh, a great outlet knowing that um, they were under some pretty extreme circumstances yeah. and wanting to provide them with something that felt like going to college. And so, uh, you know, what I really want to make sure is that we're intentional in carrying that connection and anticipation and all those kinds of things um, that we, that I think we've developed over the last year with the student leadership and student involvement into the fall and just build off of, I think, what we've started. We will talk about capacity at Bobby Dodd Stadium a little later on. Want to address the increase in capacity at McNeese Baseball Park. Recently, Georgia Tech announced that it would be increasing by 450 seats its capacity for baseball starting this weekend with the Clemson series. Now, 
people are seeing that the Braves and Atlanta United, they're opening up their stadiums to 100% capacity. Why is Georgia Tech not following suit? Why do you believe that expanding it uh, incrementally as you are is, is the right move? Well, when we looked at it, first of all, we're following CDC protocol um, as well as guidance from USG uh, and the Institute. And um, what we wanted to do is, obviously, we want to increase capacity as much as we can, as quickly as we can, but we want to do it in a safe way and we want to balance um, basically uh, you know, what we're able to do based on what the, uh, what, what the CDC um, feels is safe. And so by going from six feet to three feet, that obviously changes our capacity numbers. And then we also want to make sure that our season ticket holders that purchase seats under certain circumstances, which is social distancing and all those kinds of things, um, continue to feel safe in, a, in, in, a, in our environment. And so with seven games to go, um, we definitely wanted to, um, uh, given the opportunity to increase our capacity, we definitely wanted to take advantage of that and do that, but also balance that with the safety of our, um, uh, of our fans and, and making sure that we were within the guidance of, um, of CDC public health officials. And we're pretty much in line. I know George is doing something similar to us as well as most of our peers. Um, so uh, that's the reason that we took the approach we did. Um, and, um, you know, we're just glad that we're going to be able to bring in uh, more fans and and because uh, we've got a couple of, you know, with seven games left, we got some pretty exciting contests. And, and of course, uh, uh, we want to make sure that we give our student athletes the, the biggest advantage that, that we can and, and provide opportunities for our student and students and fans to, to come and see Georgia Tech baseball. The NCA announced that it is capping attendance for its championship events, among them baseball, at no more than 50% of total capacity. So did it not make much sense to expand capacity at McNeese beyond 50% knowing that th that was going to be what you'd have to, to set the, the line at should you host in the NCAA postseason? Yeah, I mean, as we as we started to look at all the guardrails out there um, that are uh, associated with capacity, that obviously played a role. Um, knowing, okay, this is what the NCAA is doing. This is what the CDC guidance is. Um, this is what our peers are doing. All of that kind of went into our decision-making as well as, okay, if we're going to go from a six-foot social distancing formula to a three-foot social distance formula, what does that actually look like when we overlay that into um, Russ Chandler Stadium? And um, kind of that 450 number is is what what uh, is the equa is the number that came out of that equation. You were told as an athletic director there would not be math. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wish that were true. Yeah, all right, you picked the wrong place. <laughs> yeah, there's I, a lot of math that's in being an athletic director. Yeah, more more so maybe in this year than <laughs> than you even thought. Football capacity, you guys have said that the plan right now is to be at 100% capacity this fall. Is that still the goal you're aiming toward? Yeah, that's always been our plan is uh, we're, we're moving towards 100% capacity. We're selling towards 100% um, capacity. 
all the trends are encouraging. Um, if you look at the science and the research based on uh, on, on vaccinations and and uh, and that information is coming out, it seems like almost daily as to the um, efficacy of the of the vaccinations and and um, and then you look at that effect on community spread, very, very encouraging. So, we uh, we are feeling like we're going to be in a position here shortly to you know make some type of an official announcement, but our goal has always been 100% capacity, um, knowing that obviously you get to August or whatever, and and um, and and what's going on in the community could potentially affect that. But all our signs um, and the fact that. Um, uh, those people that uh, are interested in getting a vaccination can get a vaccination, um, and it's um, and all the research is showing that it's incredibly effective. Um, so I think not only is that going to um, reduce community spread and get our numbers down as far as a community is concerned, but uh, but it also gives our fans um, the confidence of knowing they can come to a. Uh, come to a, an event of that size and, and and be safe. Now, I've seen at various MLB stadiums, NBA arenas, that they're having designated vaccinated sections where people can sit with no social distancing measures, things of that nature. H- has that been at all part of, of your conversations, making allowances for the fans who will be fully vaccinated come the fall? We're kind of looking at what's going on everywhere um, so that we definitely um, talk about those options and whether they're necessary or not. Um, We'll continue to have those conversations. Uh, My, you know, my hope is, is that we don't have to go there uh, just because of, um, uh, of the vaccine, uh, of the vaccine and, and, and our ability to, to, get our numbers down to to a safe number as well as people feel safe um but this is it's like the this year has been uh, you know we're making decisions in real time and we'll continue to follow the science and we'll continue to follow uh the the experts at the cdc as well as our own uh, medical advisory group both at the at the institute level, the ACC level, and then the NCAA level to make those kinds of decisions. However, we are definitely paying attention to what's going on in MLS, what they're doing at Mercedes-Benz, Truist, what the different leagues are doing, and those will all um, you know, help us make the best decisions we can make. So, Todd, is there a timeline for definitive plans on attendance at Bobby Dobb, maybe similar to what the Falcons have already announced? Yeah, I mean, we're obviously looking at trends, seeing what's uh, what's going on in the community. We're in constant discussions with uh, the Institute and um, CDC and our public health official, our public health officials. And we feel we're feeling like we are we are in pretty good shape to be able to to uh, make a definitive announcement here in the in the near future, um, and uh, be able to do deliver good news um, to our fan base and, and our community as to what they can expect uh, in 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 September in Bobby Dodd. Oh, we know September fourth will come here one way or another. If you're a Georgia Tech fan, don't just get vaccinated; get jacksonated. <laughs> yeah. 
No? Should we edit that out? We'll see. Okay. Uh, name, image, likeness. I know that's been in the news title a lot lately. Uh, it is on the horizon. What can you address as far as you know where we are at Georgia Tech with that? You know, it's we know it's coming. Um, we may not know kind of the final um, version of what that looks like and whether it's a patchwork, whether we obviously we're hoping for federal letter legislation so that all schools, all states, you know, are following the same are following the same rules, but preparing our student athletes to take advantage of opportunity is in our wheelhouse. That's what we do. That's what the total person program is all about. So we have a campus task force right now looking at NLI and what are the elements of an NL where we're in the pr process of creating an NIL academy, which will work within the total person program. What are the elements? Um, of course, we're gonna we're gonna we we've got some levers to pull and some assets that, um, quite frankly, are unique to Georgia Tech that we'll we'll take advantage of, and that's one of it is just the 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 nature of the institute and our focus on entrepreneurship and innovation, and uh, every student on this campus is engaged in some way in innovation entrepreneurship, and I think that that plays right into. Um, the opportunities that our student athletes will have. And so um, we're already uh, connected in many ways to CreateX, which is the undergraduate entrepreneurship program here, which is phenomenal um, and provides opportunities um, for our student athletes. Um, so how do we expand on the things that we already do and um, take advantage of, of what NIL will give us? Uh, the other thing is we're in Atlanta, Georgia. So as far as the market, the entertainment business, um, the entrepreneurship ecosystem, the music business, all of these things are, are opportunities that, that we feel um, our student-athletes have access to. Um, and uh, we're in the process right now of evaluating how do we take advantage of the fact of that we're Georgia Tech, that we already have a total person program that's already program doing all kinds of different professional development type activities um, we're incredibly proud of our internship program where our student athletes do summer internships at some of the biggest brands in the world um, and so uh, what do we need to tweak what do we need to create how do we deliver the how do we deliver the information um, how do we help our student athletes position themselves um, to, to take advantage of the fact that they are Georgia Tech student athletes living in Midtown Atlanta? You already have a department-wide deal with Influencer. For, for the folks who don't know, can you explain what Influencer is and how it helps your student athletes when it comes to capitalizing on name image likeness how you guys are already prepared for that and have a deal in place that can empower your student athletes when it comes to nil yeah influencer is just uh it, it, it's a platform that um allows us and our student athletes to take advantage of social media um to to create content whether it's photos whether it's video whether it's podcasts whatever and, um, and so we're able to, one, capture all that con content and then make it accessible, easily accessible to our student athletes 
um, to take advantage of individually. So for our fans that follow certain student athletes and see a lot of the content that they post, whether it's at practice, whether it's them on the road, whether it's, um, you know, uh, in 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 venue in games, a lot of that is coming out of our ability to um, uh, work through influencer to provide that um, on a platform that's easy for them to access. Access, and our partnership with them obviously will continue to expand as NIL um, become. We get more clarity on NIL, and we figure out okay, what else do we need to do. Um, we've got a great partner and influencer that um, will be able to help us in, in areas that, that um, they're experts in. Speaking of social media buzz, Georgia Tech had some this past week with uh, a visitor on campus. I saw Jamie Foxx was slinging spirals across Bobby Dodd. That was, uh, that was a pretty neat surprise. Yeah, and um, I actually I just found out that um, one of our former student-athletes, football players, um, Osahan Tonga was uh, really the catalyst to that visit. How about um, that? You know, he is actually um, a movie producer and, and was um, just recently here um, uh, involved in uh, a film production and as you know, as and kind of leveraged his um, his uh, circle of friends, one of them being Jamie Foxx to introduce him, introduce Jamie to um Georgia Tech, and it was great for um, him to come over and spend some time with our coaches, and and uh, obviously uh, throw some balls on Bobby Dodd. And uh, but I, I think uh, you know when you look at uh, a guy like Osahan and what he's doing, just a, a classic example of some of the things that our, our our former student athletes go on to do. And and as I've told him many times, I appreciate the fact that he's. He's a great brand ambassador of Georgia Tech Athletics, but he's also the brand, and yeah. that's the success of our former student-athletes. Yeah, Jamie, I, he's in town shooting a movie and needed a place to work out, and you got some pretty <laughs> yeah. uh, nice facilities here that you're very proud of. People don't realize, though, that this is not necessarily unique that a celebrity or somebody in the pro sports world wants to come. This is not an opportunity that, that you find at a lot of other schools that Georgia Tech can take advantage of on a routine basis. Yeah, in fact, uh, I don't know if many people know this, but um, there's a certain uh, famous rock star uh, that um, plays tennis at, at, um, uh, at the Ken Byers Tennis Center on a somewhat regular basis. Not bad, huh? We will. I assume that you want to keep the, the the identity of said celebrity somewhat under wraps. Well, I don't know how under wraps we need to keep it, but um, you know, because uh, uh, I don't know how many people know that um, Elton is a big tennis player. Okay, but, um, there you go. <laughs> Elton J. Uh, first name Elton, last name John. Uh, pretty neat though that Georgia Tech is this hub of. You know, for, for, for so many celebrities. And we got another example with uh, with Jamie Foxx. That was pretty cool to see. You remember, you remember he was steaming Willie Beeman in any given Sunday. He can still he can still throw it pretty far. I was impressed. Recruiting, the den period officially ends June 1st. And you have had all of your coaches pent up for the last 15 months, unable to see a prospective recruit in person. The floodgates are going to come open on June 1st. How is Georgia Tech gearing up for that? 
You know, I mean, our it's it's it, it's crazy that it's been 15 months. Um, but being able to bring student athletes, prospects back to campus, um, our coaches starting up. I I mean, you look at the class that's coming in. Uh, a lot of those kids were recruited over a video screen. And so to kind of get back to in-person recruiting, being able to sit in people's living rooms, getting student athletes, to high school kids, and, and uh, to get them to be able to come to campus and see um, what living in Midtown looks like and that we do have this incredible campus um, with uh, all that opportunity right across the street um, so yeah, we're, we're gearing up. Coaches are strategizing uh, where they got to go, who they need to see and who we need to get on campus. And, um, so it's, uh, yeah, we're all looking forward to getting back face to face. It's going to look like six flags around the <laughs> yeah. GTA with, with, with all of the recruits coming in across all these different sports, a lot of foot traffic, uh, I'm sure around the GTAA. I know that with, uh, recruiting ramping up, that also reintroduces that line item into the budget as we're winding down the fiscal year. Where are we at right now with, uh, with the budget? You know, I, I, I mean, we're, I think our people have done a phenomenal job uh, in getting us to, um, you know, balance this year. But there's definitely been a lot of pain, of course, furloughs across the board. Our people have made sacrifices across, you know, every, every department, every sport. Um, and yet keep marching on. We're, we've talked a lot about the incredible success that our programs are having. Um, so I'm really, really proud that everybody kind of took it on themselves to say, hey, I want to do my part. They did, um, and they kept competing at the highest level. But um, having said that, uh, we got some challenges, and, um, and so now we're building next year's budget. And one of the things that we need to be able to do is project revenue. So anybody out there that typically buys season tickets or thinks about buying season tickets, um, we need you in early because what we need to be able to do is project what our revenues are going to look like so that we can build a budget. And obviously, I don't want to be overly restrictive just because we don't know. And so if we can get a good indication that um, you know, uh, Bobby Dodd's going to be rocking and McCamish is going to be rocking. Um, that gives, uh, uh, Marvin, uh, our CFO an opportunity to plug that in our models and, and hopefully, um, put us in a position where we can develop budgets for our coaches, um, that, that, uh, allow them to, um, really build off this momentum that um, that we've got right now. And so my whole thing on this budget thing is how do we obviously take care of the lingering issues um, because uh, we are going to have a, uh, a fund balance that's negative that we're going to have to take care of. Um, but I don't want to do it at the expense of not being able to invest in our programs because we got to continue to invest in our programs. And so therefore, it's really, really important that those people that may be going to wait and see or they plan to purchase, but they're, 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 they're just going to push it down the road. We need to know you're in sooner than later so that we can, we can make sure that we, we've got that in our budgeting model. And then the other thing is, because of COVID, 
we got a lot of super seniors. We've got a lot of student athletes mm-hmm. that have the opportunity to get it their year back. I was going to ask, how much does that complicate your projections? Well, what it means is we're going to have more kids on scholarship. And um, so our scholarship budget is going to increase uh, this coming year. So obviously, um, uh, we're definitely going to have to ramp up um, our, uh, you know, our, our scholarship uh, philanthropy um, to, to help cover that. And so um, all those things. So we got a lot of positives. We got a lot of positive momentum, but we still got a lot of heavy lifting to do. And that's where we really need our people um, to, to, to say I'm in as early as they can uh, because I'm going to spend that dollar now knowing that it may be coming in later. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, if I don't know it's coming in, then it's really then basically I got to save that dollar and all that means is restricting budgets. So I can't you know underline enough how important it is for for our people to show that um, if they're in that they're in. And every dollar spent, toward the athletic scholarship fund goes directly towards the student athlete experience. So the more that you can pay out of the athletic scholarship fund, the more dollars that frees up for other things that are critical to the the student athlete experience. Yeah. And the other part of that is because we were in COVID, because it was an unusual year, because of a lot of things that we didn't know was, you know, heck this time last year, all of our kids were at home. We weren't even sure when we were bringing them back to campus or whether we would even have a season, let alone uh, seasons. Um, and so we did pare down as much as possible at what we could without really cutting into the bone on the student-athlete experience and some of those kinds of things. Well, I need to start adding that stuff back in. And where it comes to things that affect our student-athletes, that's where we need to make sure that we go to pre-COVID-19 levels um, when it comes to uh, what we're able to provide our student-athletes just because that totally impacts their development and and their experience. Well, with all of the success that your athletic programs have had this past year, there's no bigger testament to to what those scholarship dollars can do and what they could mean to Georgia Tech. So – Let's keep riding that wave as we get set for another postseason here on the spring and uh, looking ahead to the fall, which will be around here before we know it. Now, if NIL was around when you were a student athlete at Georgia Tech, what is the one thing that you think could be most attractive for somebody out there to attach his or her brand to Todd Stansbury? Uh, Most definitely would have been uh, like, uh, you know, how you see those – haircut posters in the <laughs> in the hair salons because I had one of the the best mullets on this campus. Okay. Really? Yes. I mean, I've seen some pictures. You tell me that there were it was even more luxurious than even some of the pictures that are out there? Well, you know, when I came down here, I brought some Canadians with me, and so we definitely were competing for um, you know, for for that title, and uh we were able even to I think pull along some of our uh American friends to uh that particular hairstyle. Any in particular you want to mention? Well, I, uh, the Canadian I'd like to mention, because he was an All-American and he's in our Hall of Fame, is Tom Hind, a great 400-meter runner. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
seeing him come along that back stretch uh, with that hair oh. flowing. Oh, uh, he 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 um, he definitely uh, carried the Canadian brand about as well as you could. Hang that picture in the Louvre. I'm telling you what, <laughs> good stuff. Uh, let's see what the postseason holds for the rest of the sports in season. Thanks. All right. He's Todd Stansberry. I'm Andy Demetra. Like, listen, subscribe. You know the drill. And thanks once again for listening to the Toddcast, everybody. We'll catch you next time. The Todd Stansberry Podcast is a presentation of RamblinWreck.com. Go Jackets!